0: No, I am not, Pastor Craig. He really, really wishes that he could be with you. He has been looking forward to this for so, so long, and when he couldn't, uh, he was really bummed and upset. So I've got his message today. These are his words that's come from his heart. He has been praying over this for a long, long time. He has wanted to share this with you because he believes that the Holy Spirit is real and powerful and available for you. And if you believe that too, we're gonna talk about some good ways to activate that. right. I'm, in believing, I'm believing that these words are not just my own, they're not just Pastor Craig's, but they really are the Lord's, and that as a church, as a body of believers, God is gonna communicate what needs to be communicated so that all of us can live full lives in Christ, glorifying him in everything we do, right? How many of you think that's a good idea and you want that? I need you to turn to your neighbor right away as we start here, I need you to say, persistent prayer is powerful, Persistent prayer is powerful, and that is what the Bible tells us will lead us to a filling of the Holy Spirit. If you want to see the Holy Spirit move in your life in a way that he does in the Bible, it starts with true, bold, focused, and expectant prayer. Okay? I want you to to kind of get ready for our new series. It's been pretty fun. Post Easter, we've had a lot of awesome people bring some good words, including some of our own, right? Pastor Ashley brought it really well last week. It was super, super fun. We've been talking about ways that you can experience more. We've been talking about ways that you can move into where God has for you next. He doesn't want you just to stay where you started in your relationship with him. Whether you're brand new to the faith, whether you've been here for a while, or whether you've been following Jesus your whole life, there is a way for you to experience more of God. And you might be saying in this moment, I do want to truly experience God. I want to know him, I want to feel him. I wanna be in a relationship with him that I never have before, because right now I don't really feel him as much as I feel like I could. You might be saying, I want to live a life that honors Christ, but I'm not doing as well as I could. There's some things I'm dealing with that I wish I wasn't. You might be saying, I have things that I want to accomplish, bold dreams, big visions, and I want to do it for the glory of God, but I am not getting to where I wish I could be. The truth is that God never intended you for you to stay where you might be feeling right now. Where you started on your spiritual journey, he longs for all of us to be in a deeper relationship with him, and that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So before we go any further, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are in this place. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of all of the glory that we could ever possibly give, but we know that we are weak without you. And so today we pray that the Holy Spirit be here. God, help us to learn about how to experience your Holy Spirit, about who you are, to experience your fullness, your goodness, your grace, and be able to share in the glory that you have. Let us your kingdom move forward by the power of the Holy Spirit, and let us be obedient to what you're calling us to do. Let the word that are spoken today, not be mine, not be anyone else's, but be yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 We pray a lot around here because prayer is important. Why is prayer so important? Well, it's because it was the tool that Jesus gave his disciples to go and change the world. Right after Easter, right, Jesus rose back to life and the disciples are freaking out. They're like, this is great. We had no idea that we didn't know this was going to happen. And Jesus is like, well, I've been talking about it the whole time, so let me back all the way up. And he explains to his disciples who he is from start to finish, from the beginning of the creation of the world through the law that he gave his people all. All the way up until right now where he has resurrected. He has shown himself to his disciples. In Luke chapter 24 verse 49. Jesus is saying and now I will send the Holy Spirit. Just as my father promised. But stay here until or in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Aha, that's where we are now. In in the story of the Bible, in in history, this is all documented, right? Jesus rose to life, his disciples were there, and they're saying, what next, Jesus? We believe that you are the son of God. We believe that you have saved us. Now, what do we do next? And Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter one, verses four through eight, it says that on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John, for John baptized with water, right? John the Baptist was the crazy guy who wore all kinds of weird uh, camel hair. He ate locusts and honey in the desert and he baptized people with water. He was getting them prepared for the kingdom. Now the kingdom was here. He said, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Is this it? Is this what we're, we've all been waiting for? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem was the city that they were staying in. Judea and Samaria were the neighboring countries, right? And then to the ends of the earth, Jesus says, the kingdom that you're expecting is a little bit different because it's not about you, it's about me. So I need you to wait here for the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can live a life full as my witnesses. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's witnesses, Before we move forward at all, we have to remember that full life in Christ isn't about us. It's not about us being extraordinarily happy. It's not about us being extraordinarily comfortable. It's not even about us feeling fulfilled. We get to have all of those things when we live a life empowered by the Holy Spirit, but that's not what it's about. We are God's witnesses. We've all wanted these feelings, right? We chase things that we hope will bring us these feelings. We chase them in our jobs, in our relationships, in statuses with our our family members, or with our friends, or in the workplace. But Jesus is saying, the kingdom is my father's, and you will be his witnesses. If you want to be somebody who is filled to the full with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to remember that it's not about us. It's about picking up our cross, daily dying to ourselves so that we can experience something great. It's kind of a hard place to be, but it's where we have to be. I want to tell you a story about something that I loved to do when I was younger, and I would still do it now if I had time, but I don't. When I moved to Whitewater, Wisconsin in my junior year of high school, I was making friends with people all around me. And if you've been with us at Crossroads for a while, you know that I'm a huge nerd, right? I love superheroes, I love Lord of the Rings, I love video games, I love stories. Yeah, someone out there is in, right? Well, I met a friend, his name was Tyler, and everybody called him Cowboy. And Cowboy comes to me and he says, hey, I hear you're a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and you look like you're pretty fit and active, and you're in the drama club with us, so I got a question if you'd wanna join us for something fun. And I said, okay, what is it? And he says, well, there is a a long-lasting endurance game at Governor Dodge State Park in Wisconsin, and it's themed Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, okay. And he says, well, the way that it works is that there's two teams of people. There's about 300 to 400 people that go to this park, and there's the good guys and the bad guys. And the good guys, they're the hobbits, they're the the, the, the soldiers, and they have to get the ring of power all the way across the park seven square miles and climb to the top of a mountain and touch a goal flag to win the game. And the bad guys, all the orcs and all the, you know, the bad wizards, they're trying to stop him. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, so the good guys versus the bad guys and you have to go. And I said, is this a LARP? Does anybody know what a LARP is? A LARP is a live action role play he's like, well, you, yeah, some of, some of you dress up because if you dress up, you get more points. And then if you get in a fight with somebody, you can tag them. And, he, and then he, just, he spills all of it, right? He's trying to hide this as like an endurance race game. But really, a whole bunch of nerds go to the state park dressed up in full costumes. They've got sheets of paper with a point value on it that says how strong they are. And if you tag somebody else, if you're stronger than them and your costume is cooler than theirs, they have to sit down. They're out of the game because they die. And I'm like... I don't know, man. I love to do that. I love nerd stuff, but I don't know if I'm up for that. And he goes, Just do it. Trust me. You'll make some friends. It'll be one of the funnest things you've ever done. And I said, Okay. I'll go. I don't have any pictures for you to show today because I didn't have time to find them. But if you stalk my Facebook page, you will find me dressed up in multiple costumes as a Lord of the Rings character. I had one of the best times of my entire life. <laughs> you guys, I, dre- I took it. I went full send. I'm dressing up. I had armor, weapons, gear, costume. I made stuff myself. I felt so cool. I felt fully empowered by my suit that I made myself and I trucked it through the woods chasing other people dressed up in goofy costumes, and it was a blast. It was super fun. I had never felt more excited and unashamed of being a nerd in my whole life. (laughs) And I'm telling you, if you've never tried it, you have to try it, okay? You guys, I invited my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I said, can you come along to this thing? And she was like, nope, not happening. (laughs) She said, no. And I said, please, could you? And she said, I will come, but I am not participating. I'm just going to watch on the side. And she did. She came. She brought a camera to take pictures of all of us and then to post them to all her friends to make fun of us. Right? But she didn't break up with me in that moment. And that's when I knew we were going to get married. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. I I felt so good in that moment. And Aubrey, after we were all done, I said, Aubrey, do you think you might have enjoyed that more if you would have participated? And her answer was maybe, but I'm not ready to be that embarrassed. (laughs) And I thought about this to myself and I thought, "But, but like, I'm not embarrassed about it because I've experienced it. Once you experience something, you don't have any questions about it anymore, right? If you go to an extraordinary restaurant that someone's like, it's the best tacos you've ever had, and you're like, I don't know, I've been to this restaurant, and you go and you're like, yep, that was it. I'm not embarrassed to try it anymore. You do something that steps out of your comfort zone through persistent exploration, and all of a sudden, you will find yourself in a position that you never have been before, ready to be unashamed and unembarrassed about what happens next. This is what it's like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. right? My suit of armor made me feel like someone extraordinary, but no suit, no business outfit, no ribbon of achievement will ever fulfill you the way that the Holy Spirit can. But you will not, yeah, right? It's true. But you will not ever experience it until you persistently explore it and boldly ask for it and do something that you are uncomfortable with doing. You're ready to learn how. Any TikTokers out there, my youngsters, okay, kids? I probably, I don't even know if TikTokers is a thing, so I probably just made myself look really old. But does anybody out there watch anything on TikTok or Instagram? Okay, I need you to clap your hands like this. Okay, okay. Say, Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate, activate, activate. Some of you are laughing because you know exactly what this is from. This is not how you activate the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? On Family Feud, there's a lady who gets up and she's about to do her game-winning thing and she tells Steve Harvey, hold on, and she starts dancing. And Steve's like, okay, okay, this never happened. In 11 years, I've done this show, but all right, we're gonna see what happens. That's not how you activate the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is activated through powerful prayer. Welcome to our new sermon series where we are gonna make you do goofy things and get ready to experience fun stuff. I need you to open your Bibles please to Luke chapter 11. We're gonna talk about how to experience these gifts, how to receive this, how to step out into a place where you might not be comfortable, start praying bold prayers and receive something incredible. In Luke chapter 11, verse five, Jesus has just finished teaching a crowd of people about how to pray. He has just said, you start by honoring God. You start by remembering how great he is. Then you ask him boldly for what you need because he will provide what you need. And then he says this. In verse five, Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, my door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your boldness, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need." right, your boldness. I'm gonna keep going and read the whole passage so we know what we're doing today. So I'm gonna keep going through verse nine and 10, 11 and 12. So I ask you, Jesus says, ask it and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Turn to your neighbor and say, persistent prayer is powerful. Power is... Through prayer as a first priority, lots of alliteration, this is fun, right? Powerful prayer happens through your persistence. In the very first part of this, we talked about a friend. Imagine this scenario, Jesus is telling a story, a parable. Friend comes to visit you in the middle of the night, they're crazy hungry, you got nothing left. So you go to your neighbors and you say, please, can I borrow something? And the guy says, no, no and you say, hey, I need something, and you keep knocking, you keep asking, you keep going. In verse eight, it says, yet because of your boldness, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Some translations say persistence. Some translations say shameless audacity. This Greek word here for this persistence, it's no embarrassment whatsoever. Shameless audacity to get somebody's attention and to not stop at any cost. Then the door is opened. I need help from somebody who has some pretty shameless audacity. Can I have my daughter, Eleanor, come on up to the stage for me? Come on up here, Nora. And I'm gonna move this backwards a little bit. Hi, Nora. Come on over here. (laughs) This is my four-year-old daughter. And if you've ever had children, you know that when children need your attention, they have no embarrassment whatsoever, right? When you wanna ask me a question, what do you usually do? Uh, How does it go? uh, I go, daddy, daddy, daddy. Go ahead, go for it. Mm. I'll be talking with someone and Nora will need me and she'll start saying, daddy, daddy. 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 And I'll keep talking and I'll say one second, right? But she doesn't stop. And I'll continue my conversation until finally she just screams. And I have to say, okay, what do you need? I want a snack. Most of the time, it's I want a snack. (laughs) And most of the time, I don't want to hear about it anymore. So I'll say, sure, go ahead. Go get one, right? In these moments, I'm a little not wanting to uh, participate, but her persistence will bring me to her because nothing is going to stop and she's gonna continue yelling and continue asking until I finally address her and ask her. What's my favorite thing to hear from you when you wanna tell me something? Um, uh, Do you remember? uh, I love you. That's right. Did you guys hear that? She said, I love you. That's my favorite thing to hear from my daughters and that's the Lord's favorite thing to hear from you. The Bible tells us, you can go sit back down, Nora. The Bible tells us that it is in the shameless audacity of our asking that the Lord wants to provide good gifts. It is in the sheer lack of embarrassment of us understanding I cannot do this by myself. I need your help. Lord, I love you. You have what I need. I need a snack. I need something to fill me up. I need something to move me from the spot I was into the spot that I can be. And I'm gonna say thank you for it once it's done. You need to have the persistence and shameless audacity of a four-year-old because that's what the Bible says, grants you the Holy Spirit. And this isn't just in this place that it says this. This reminds me of a story where Jesus gives healing to a woman who has some pretty shameless audacity. In Matthew 15, Jesus went away and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, there was a Canaanite woman from that region who came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. His disciples came and begged him saying, send her away for she is crying after us. The disciples are sick of the persistence at this point. They're annoyed. Jesus answers, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says, right now I'm, I'm doing something kind of important, but he's waiting for what happens next. She came and she knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Jesus is like, hold on a second. I am giving something that the Lord has sent me to give to my people. And he is watching her response. He's not calling her any mean names. He's not being rude to her. He's simply saying in this moment, there is something important that I'm doing here for a purpose. And he's waiting for her to respond. And the woman answered Jesus, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat crumbs that fall from their master's table. And at this moment, Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And in that instant, her daughter was healed. Her faith, it doesn't talk about how extraordinary her faith was because she didn't ask one time and all of a sudden it was taken care of. It says that she did not give up. She continued asking and asking and asking because she knew how powerful God was. And this is exactly what Jesus told us to do when he said, it's not because of the friendship that you have with your master. You might believe that your friend is a really good friend who can provide for you. You might believe that God is powerful and he can provide for you. But if you only ask once and Jesus says, hold on, and you go, well, I guess it's not for me then. And you walk away, that's not persistence, that's impatience. Some of you, when you were watching my daughters, were saying, That daughter needs to chill out. She is so impatient. Impatience would be her leaving and getting the snack herself. Persistence is understanding that I, as the dad, am still in charge. And when she has my permission, she has full access to everything that I provide for her. That's what asking for the Holy Spirit is. That's persistent. If you want full access to the power that God provides, don't stop asking. Now, what do we do next, right? You might be saying to yourself, have I actually spent time asking for the Holy Spirit? Have I actually spent time in real prayer asking for these things? Because if we do, we will receive them according to God's will. Jesus says so himself. In verse 11 and 12, we're gonna go back to Luke 11 with me. Thanks for bouncing around with me here. But he says in verse 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The good gift, right? Right? Sometimes in our impatience, we will go looking for gifts on our own instead. Something happens, an emergency takes place, we get in a fight with our spouse, our children explode and we don't know what to do about their emotions. We, uh, somebody does us wrong in our place of work and we say, God, fix this, please. He might say, hold on, and you say, fine, I'll fix it myself, and you go grab the serpents and the scorpions. Imagine praying before the guarantee of the result. Imagine going into the conversation with your spouse, having already prayed that you say, I'm not gonna fight her, we're gonna fight the problems together. I'm not going to fight my children, I'm gonna help guide them. I'm going to honor my boss, no matter the things he does that I don't deserve or I don't feel like I deserve. Imagine praying before the problem takes place. It's a lot like putting a a gas into a car Right? You don't get into the car, turn it on, and realize that you don't have gas. You're not going anywhere. You have to put the gas in the car before the car can move. Imagine taking your car to the shop and needing a new battery. Right, You have no power, no charge, nothing in it, but instead, you buy new tires, and you take it home and think that it's gonna fix your situation. The Holy Spirit is the battery, God's plan for you is available, but sometimes we say, I'm gonna get back at them by doing something that they don't deserve. We take the snakes and the scorpions because we are not persistent in waiting for God to give us the gas and the battery. We have to actively go out of our way to do things that might feel uncomfortable and that is constantly praying and asking Jesus for the Holy Spirit. Praying with your kids in the car on the way to school. Asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance before you speak to your spouse. Relying on the Spirit for when you feel anxious or nervous before it starts. Are you showing up to the worship nights or the nights of prayer? Are you spending time collectively with other believers in an area where the Holy Spirit will move because all of us are asking together with persistence and with boldness? There are about 400 adults who regularly attend the Sunday morning service. Our last worship night barely even hit 100. If we want to really believe how powerful God is, then we need to be doing things that might be uncomfortable and persistently asking God to send what he promises he will send if we ask for it. But we give up, we get uncomfortable. We think, I don't need that. It's not happening now, I'm gonna take another pill. It's not happening now, I need to see a therapist. It's not happening now, I need to get a different job. None of those things are wrong, but when they replace the power that only God can provide through the Holy Spirit, we stop praying bold prayers because we get comfortable with what we can provide ourselves instead of waiting for what God can provide that we can't. In our weakness, he is made strong. We sang those songs before we started today or as we were starting today, If we believe them, are we ready to act on them? Some of us might be in a place where we are embarrassed to ask for help or nervous about asking. You might be sitting there thinking, if I ask for this, what am I supposed to do with it? I can't, I'm not in a good enough place. I I can't ask God to, to fix me. I can't ask God to take this away because what's gonna happen once it does? Once it does get fixed. Uh, Is anybody here a landlord or currently renting from a landlord? Okay, I'm a youngster, and so face-to-face conversation for me can be easy or hard depending on who I'm talking to. I have a landlord who is incredibly awesome, okay? He takes care of my family and his property so well. He is generous, he is kind, he is fair. However, sometimes I get embarrassed about the way that I take care of his house, And you might know what I'm thinking if you've been in a spot like this before. Because I'm renting a home at the moment, my wife and my family are living in a duplex, I'm not allowed to replace the appliances without permission from the landlord. It's his job to do it. But he says, just ask and I'll help you. Well, one of the burners on our stove broke and it no longer works. And it's been that way for probably eight months All I have to do is call John and say, John, it's not working. Could you come fix it? And he would say, yep, absolutely. I'll be right there. But I haven't. Why? Because I don't want him to know that I broke the stove. It was my fault. I was messing with it, trying to clean it. Boop, I popped it out and the electric coils that heated up totally snapped. My fault. And I went, ooh, well, I'm busy right now. I'll have to ask for that later. And I moved on. And every time I go to make a meal, that burner reminds me that I broke it. All I have to do is call John. And he would say, I'm right there. I will be there. But I keep telling myself, I can't do that. He's going to know that I'm a terrible husband and dad and I don't cook for my family and I don't provide and I can't do this and I broke his stove. <gasps> so I'll do it later. And we wait. We, we, we do this all the time with God too. The best part, though, is that God isn't a landlord that just shows up to fix stuff for us. He is the kind of God that will give us a whole new stove to work from. He's the kind of God that will give you a personal chef. His power will provide something that you can't possibly do on your own, and he's gonna go, I'm a pretty great God, aren't I? But we tell ourselves, nope, God will be mad at me. We tell ourselves, nope, God won't give me the Holy Spirit. I've already messed up too much. Nope, God won't give me the Holy Spirit. I'm not a good speaker like Pastor Craig is. I don't have passion for youth like Pastor Josh does. I don't have energy like Pastor Matt does for kids. I can't get the Holy Spirit because if I do, then I'm gonna have to go back there and work with those kids and I'm not ready for that. (laughs) But I tell you, it's not by your power. It's by your persistence. It's by your unembarrassed, uncomfortable, shameless audacity to ask God to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can do something you couldn't ever do on your own so that God's kingdom gets the glory. You remember at the beginning I said, it's not about us. It's not. God already knows we broke the stove. That's why he sent Jesus to fix it all for us. So, Whatever chains you have on you right now, whatever burdens, whatever cares, whatever thing you're trying to fix on your own by going and getting bread for yourself instead of continuing to ask, seek, knock, and wait for the Holy Spirit, it's time to get rid of those things by praying bold prayers. Prayer is a prophecy to your own future. It's what God wants you to be doing. It is his command and wish that we spend time asking for him to provide things that we can't on our own. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great Boldness, this is his disciples speaking, stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Boldness comes first. Getting ready to pray prayers you've never prayed before more than you ever have before, more times than you might be willing to do regularly or normally. You might be saying, I do want to experience God. I want to know him, feel him, believe in him, be in a relationship with him. I want to live a life that honors Christ. I have things I want to accomplish. I wanna do it all for the glory of God and it comes through persistent prayer. And so, as we get ready to finish today, I would be doing you a terrible disservice if I didn't give you space to do that right now. I'm gonna start finishing up. Our worship team can start making their way up to the front, but I want everyone to just close your eyes if it will help you. Make some space, move if you have to for a little bit, but just imagine if your life was fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine if this church was fueled by the power of God's Holy Spirit activated by bold prayer. Imagine if your life had the power of the Holy Spirit behind you. What would you see that would be different? What would change? What have you been asking God to change, but you've just been saying, God, come fix it. Don't empower me, just fix it on your own. I don't want any part of it. God is saying he wants you to be a part of it. Imagine your life, your marriage, your place of work, your schools, your families, completely changed because of the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want this power activated in you, it starts with the persistent and bold prayers. We have four core values here at Crossroads Church that we say bring people into full life in Christ, right? We worship, the Lord who is wonderful and mighty. We connect with other believers who are with him. We serve our neighbors, our community, and our world. And we share the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. None of these things on their own provide a full life in Christ. They lead you to the disciplines that get you closer to God who sends you the Holy Spirit that lives in a full life in Christ with you. Are you taking steps to do that today? Are you singing three perfectly curated songs on Sunday morning, winking, laughing at the pastor, going home and not asking for it again? Are you coming to the worship nights, prayer nights? Are you meeting with your life group regularly, praying bold prayers, asking each other how you can help, asking each other, what can we do to see the world changed? We can't do it on our own, but we know that there is a powerful, Holy Spirit available for us that will change the world and move God's kingdom forward. They're hard questions to ask ourselves, but you won't experience any change unless you're ready to be uncomfortable and unembarrassed in a place that you've never been before. So I'm gonna stop talking for about four to five minutes It's gonna feel like a really long time, but we're gonna pray some bold prayers. You can pray out loud. I would encourage you to pray out loud. The woman that was asking Jesus for healing was saying, she was was crying out over and over again, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of man, have mercy on me. So much so that it annoyed the disciples, the people around them. I want your prayers to be kind of annoying to the people around you. Unashamed, shameless audacity to ask God to do something amazing. This space up in the front is open for you to pray. Up there, we have those seats that go all the way back. If you need to go all the way back to the corner of the room to get a little uncomfortable to meet God, that's where I want you to go. I can't do it for you. Pastor Craig can't do it for you. You have to be willing to ask God to send the Holy Spirit. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking ready? Here we go. Us in this room, you might be hearing God speak to you right now. You might be hearing God saying something to you. When the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, we're going to learn about this soon. I'll let Pastor Craig do it because he's going to do it really well. But the room was filled with power gusts of wind, tongues of flames. The people spoke in incredible ways that they had never spoken before. And you might be expecting something like that the Holy Spirit moves in other unique ways too. You might be saying, I'm not experiencing anything incredible right now. I'm I'm not hearing anything. And I'm telling you, don't give up. Continue persistently, boldly waiting on the Lord, asking Him to come into your life, sending the Holy Spirit. If you're in this room right now and you're saying, I haven't even asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life yet. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I need God. We're gonna do that together today. The Bible says that Jesus, who was the son of God, came to earth, died and rose again so that anybody who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life in heaven. He showed himself to his disciples and he gave them this power go and tell the world the amazing news of Jesus. And it was so powerful that we today are worshiping the same God. We today are experiencing his miracles. We today can have a life full, fulfilled, empowered, with Jesus. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. I'm gonna ask the whole congregation to say this together because all of us need to give our hearts to Christ. We can all remember what God has done. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer where we ask God to do that. And if this is the first time that you're saying this today, I encourage you, find one of our leaders. Our prayer partners will come down to the front at the Welcome Center. There will be people you can talk to. But if you're taking that first step today to follow Jesus, you're saying, I'm ready. I want this. I wanna ask Jesus to take away my sins. I want him to be the Lord of my life. And I want the power of the Holy Spirit after. Raise your hand, a quick hand. Talk to a leader. Let's do this this morning. We say, Heavenly Father, I know that I have sinned, but I know that you've sent Jesus to take that all away. I ask for your forgiveness. I choose to follow you for the rest of my days to the best of my ability. I ask that you help me because I can't do it on my own. I give you the glory forever and ever. In Jesus name we pray, amen. amen. Our worship team is gonna continue leading us. If you have made that choice to follow Jesus for the first time, we are so glad. You have decided to follow Jesus. There are lots of opportunities for next steps. If you've been a follower of Christ and you want to continue asking for the Holy Spirit, that's what this space is for. I encourage everyone to stand up, to join me. Let's continue worshiping, let's continue praying. Let's leave this space, a sacred space where you can meet God. Take time to step out of your comfort zone, to shamelessly, with bold audacity, ask God to do something incredible in your life that you've never experienced before through the power of the holy spirit and don't let it stop today don't let it stop with these next 5 10 20 minutes that you decide to take don't give up asking for god to empower you let's worship him together